This podcast is sponsored by Google Search. It's where your customers find what matters to them and where you can find what matters to your business. To learn more, visit g.co slash think slash search smarter. That's g.co slash think slash search smarter. Hello and welcome to Marketing That Matters, a podcast series from Marketing Week and e-consultancy sponsored by Google. Over the coming weeks, we'll be looking under the bonnet of how brands are transforming their approach to digital marketing, covering customer experience, e-commerce, search, and much, much more. My name is Russell Parsons, Editor-in-Chief of Marketing Week, and I am your host. Our subject for this episode is Talk Talk and how it transformed in the wake of COVID-19. It's a story of rapid digitization and a new way of delivering for customers. In other words, plenty you can all learn from. I have one of the key architects of the change with me to discuss what happened and indeed what's next. Commercial Sales Director, Becky Smith. Welcome to you, Becky. Hi, Russell. I'm really glad to be here. Nice to have you. Now, uh, let me begin, if I could take your mind back to, well, just over a year ago now, uh, before the onset of COVID-19, TalkTalk sold, I believe, to its customers through a mixture of calls and online. I think just over half of sales were digital, while others were carried out and through call centres and a mixture of calls and online. How did COVID-19 impact this? And indeed, what did TalkTalk do to adapt? For us, um, it was a huge impact. I remember we were all in the office And one day we were told we all need to leave, go home. And we realised that actually all our contact centres were affected significantly. Like many other internet service providers in the market, um, we do take a lot of our sales through voice. Um, Some of our customers feel more comfortable understanding the product and service we provide by chatting to one of our trained agents. So the very fact that we all of a sudden overnight had no agents, all of our teams were at home. It was quite a stunning change for us. We realised that the world really had changed and our next thought was, what are we going to do? How do we pivot? How do we change our approach? And our digital channel overnight also significantly took much more of our sales demand. So we moved from roughly 55% of our sales done digitally to um, a jump, a huge jump, again, literally in the space of a couple of days to between 80 and 85%. So there were kind of two pivots for us. One of them was the sense that how are we going to help our customers that can't contact us, whether that's through sales, but particularly for repair and service issues. And then the second thing, wow, we've had an overnight digital evolution. What do we do as a business to change? And I think one of the most important things that we did do as a business, which kind of um, is um, very much in what we call the talk, talk spirit, was that um, we switched all our focus to be about um, how do we help our customers with their repair issues and their service issues And within the space of a very short period of time, we actually trained every single member of our head office team to be able to log on from home and take customer calls. So 
it was an enormous pivot for us, not just in terms of a digital pivot, but also from a what are we going to do as a business and how do we help our customers um, and how do we continue to put them first. Thank you for that. that set things up uh, nicely and a uh, good illustration there of the talk talk spirit, the uh, executives rolling up their sleeves, as it were, and uh, pitching in. Now, you talked about uh, a stunning change, and obviously that's something that everybody experienced back in March last year. And you began to talk about how talk talk adapted there. If I could just ask you to illustrate that a little bit more in terms of the way that you approach customer experience, uh, for example, uh, when you're doing that, I think you mentioned 80 to 85% digitally, does that require a different mindset? Does it require a different way of doing things? Yes, I think so, Russell. Um, Absolutely. We had always known that as a business, of course, we were becoming much more digital, not just from a sales perspective, but also um, from how we connect with our customers in life, with um, any connectivity issues they're having, any repair issues that they're having. And so we were in the process of building a new website for sales that was designed to be much more user-friendly, much more um, easy to use for customers, and really designed to help them choose the type of product that is most suitable for them because our product isn't that easy to understand. It's not just like going and buying a dress. You know, you have to um, really figure out what is the right speed that you need, what are your particular requirements for your home. So we knew that there was um, a real, we needed to really improve that user journey and user experience overall. And actually what COVID did almost overnight is mean that actually, wow, This has got to be now our absolute top priority. Let's get our new website accelerated. Let's put real focus on some of these issues so that actually with so much more traffic going through um, the new sales journey, we were able to give the customers the service and the experience that they expected from us as one of the leading ISPs in the UK. So what we did was we very swiftly accelerated the program to launch the new sales journey. It did launch and it actually launched in in the last few months. And we were doing lots and lots of testing and learning in that time to make sure that the, the challenges we were seeing, which you kind of see when you are heavily reliant on the digital channel for much more of your sales, it really focuses the mind on the things that are really important for the customer. So what COVID did um, is um, accelerate that digital advancement program for us. And also we reacted incredibly quickly and designed our new sales journey with the customer in mind. Thank you for that. I mean, what you're describing there is uh, indicative of many conversations that I've had in the last year. Obviously, companies were forced to digitize at a rate that they would never have thought possible previously. Um, So it's really interesting to hear how you approached it there. In terms of uh, the sales journey, you you teed us up there. Talk to me about what what that actually means in practice. What what did change and uh, and what is the the new imagined sales journey at TalkTalk? So the first thing we had to learn was how do we collaborate better in this new, new world that we're working in? So that was a big learning for us. Um, how do the teams work together when you're all in your own houses? Um, 
I think what we also did was realize again we have to move quickly. So we actually applied some of the um, the Google know-how to our approach, and we worked in Google Sprints, which meant that you very quickly identify the problem that you're trying to solve, and you kind of have an accelerated way of brainstorming where you design and create prototypes in the space of a few days. So we knew that we couldn't allow this to take weeks. So we had to say, okay, what frameworks exist out there, which mean that we can design and iterate within the space of days, not weeks, not months. So we worked in that way as teams, and there was an enormous effort from everybody to collaborate together and a fantastic team spirit, which I think actually um, the challenges of COVID have kind of almost meant that that's so important that you can still embody that team spirit when you're not physically together. And we focused on two things, uh, making the website much faster than it was. So it's much quicker to go through the purchase journey. And we also focused on making sure that our products and services were as easy to understand as possible. Um, as I say, the, our product is not always that easy to understand what kind of speed you need, you know, what does, how does the router work? How, what can I expect from my in-home connectivity? And actually, more than ever, people were relying on us for that um, strength of connectivity and approach because everybody was at home. They were relying on their home broadband more than ever before. Everybody was homeschooling their kids. So again, we had to make sure that our customers were at the heart of our approach and that um, they absolutely could understand what product and service was right for them. What you've described actually just um, just illustrates the stakes that were quite high for Wi-Fi and media companies uh, like Talk Talk. Obviously, we are so much more reliant on all of that stuff, and getting the service right uh, was absolutely paramount. I just wondered, with you moving a lot of your service online, and uh, often issues around Wi-Fi and complications can be quite difficult to explain. Was there any reluctance uh, of your customers to engage digitally, particularly those that had been used to ringing up and, and having somebody talk through their problems over the phone? Yes, I would say that that's definitely true, Russell. I think particularly in our older age groups that are both less confident in going through an online journey and making a commitment to a service via a website. But also these older age groups felt much more comfortable chatting through the options available with a human. And we, we absolutely recognize that. So as quickly as possible, even though um, we'd moved to that kind of heavy digital presence, we wanted to make sure that first of all, we were able to reinstate things like the chat functionality on the website because then you're able to go through a digital experience, but with some support from an agent, and then very quickly also reinstate um, our voice lines. But I have to say, it was quite an interesting experience for me, given that I am responsible for sales, because what we all agreed was that the priority was our existing customers that are affected with service issues, rather than the new customers that were coming in from a sales point of view, um, because we did feel the pressure we saw our customer usage grew by 40%, which is absolutely enormous. 
and it grew incredibly quickly. So we were all cognizant of the fact that we have lots of customers now at home relying on us. The priority is that they can use the service that they are paying for. And we will continue to figure out the sales approach. But the most important thing is that we we support the customers we have. And that also led to quite a lot of improvements that we made in our kind of um, online digital self-serve approach, Talk Talk, where the customer can log into their account and self-diagnose any particular issues that they have. Um, so we put an enormous amount of effort into that digital journey, not just for sales, but for service and repair also. Thank you for that. Let's move on to um, search. And uh, can you talk to me about how you optimise Talk Talk's search presence in the period and how SEO plays into your new digital customer journey? We, number one, we had pivoted to support our customers during COVID. Number two, we pivoted to make sure that our digital approach was um, the best that it could be. Um, And search plays um, a really important part in that. Um, Not just for making it easy for our customers to find us and our potential customers to find us, but also we would use um, the information and the data in the search channel to help inform how the market's doing. So we could see things like, um, are more people switching providers? Or is the market really quiet due to COVID? And we definitely saw a quieter market, I think certainly in the first half of last year. Our Google data was a key part of informing us of how that was changing week in, week out. And our search channel was incredibly important for uh, building our presence um, in the digital space. So again, we recognized that um, we needed to do a lot more um, optimization of our search channel. Um, We saw traffic grow in that channel. um, And we also wanted to put a lot more focus on making sure that um, the investment we were making in the search channel was paying off. Um, and we were continuously optimizing our approach there. So we worked very, very closely with Google to do that. We looked at automation of the search channel. We looked at personalization campaign activity, and there was a significantly higher focus on best practice. And indeed, the new website um, that I've talked about was very much built in with search in mind, again, to make sure that our search engine optimization best practice was deployed um, in the best way possible and that um, it would mean that customers were finding us for all the right terms. And so this has been a real investment for us, a real focus for us. But indeed, making the website significantly faster pays off in two areas. It pays off for search engine optimization, but it also pays off for user experience as well. Clearly, search is, uh, is, is definitely a more significant factor uh, from the way that you've just illustrated. Talk to me, I mean, you talked about the website there being informed. Was there any other changes uh, in terms of the way that you interacted with customers or in terms of products even that you made as a result or being informed by the search data that you got? Absolutely. Last year, we launched a homework package. So we launched a package Um, which was informed by more and more customers and businesses being based at home. So rather than going into your business, you're running your business from your home. And we noticed that an enormous amount um, of our customers were doing that 
We have a business arm um, of Talk Talk. I look after the consumer sales, but then we combined forces and said, okay, can we look at installing business grade connectivity in people's homes? And so to do that, that's where we launched our homework package last year. And we saw um, a fantastic initial uptake on that, which meant people could be much more confident with that business grade connectivity, as well as having their other personal line where, you know, if you've got gamers in the house, teenage kids, etc., that want to be on the Wi-Fi all the time, it's a bit more equitable where mum and dad can, um, can work on the business grade line and the kids can take over the other line for kind of gaming. So that, that really, it made us think differently about how we approach our products and services. Absolutely. That sounds like a service that uh, I could certainly have done within uh, in our house over the last year. Um, what did you learn uh, from the experience of having to rapidly digitise talk talk sales and customer services at touch points? And talk to me about the sort of key ways that it's informed your approach to digital transformation as a whole. If you were to isolate a couple of things, what would they be? I think the rapid on the job learning. Um, and how to do that in a successful way was a real learning. So the Google Sprints, the how we adapted um, working in an agile methodology and doing that at home, it wasn't ideal. Um, it was something that I absolutely would not have wanted to do. I think it's always better to brainstorm collaboratively together in person, but you have to adapt and we had no choice. So I think the ability to just suck it up and get on with it was something that we all had to learn how to do. I think we also learned that although um, we are continuing our journey of, of rapid digital transformation, and certainly we've seen that journey continue with that increase in um, digital sales penetration and indeed digital repair and service penetration, there will always be customers of ours and potential customers that will want to speak to somebody that are less confident in understanding the service that we offer. In particular, we are in the middle of a full fibre rollout, which essentially means that you have a full fibre line coming directly to your home. And for the people that are in the know or not in the know, normally the service that you buy, the fibre that you buy, is fibre to the cabinet, which is a local cabinet in your local area and a copper line to your home. And how to explain that to a customer, what the difference is? Um, in reality, having a full fiber line directly to your home means that you can have many, many more devices in your home on your Wi-Fi at the same time. Your Wi-Fi is more robust, it's more reliable, and you can get a higher speed. But explaining that in a, in a digital environment is a challenge. And it's something that we're having to continuously test, learn, try different ways of explaining it. And for some customers, they will always feel much more confident in speaking to somebody about that. But equally, the rollout of full fibre that we're progressing at pace as a business is, again, something that through the pandemic period, we realised that our customers are relying on our service more than ever before and the best possible service we can give them is a full fiber line. So from a business strategy and point of view, the pandemic has meant that as a business, we've absolutely focused on 
customers first and continued that and the acceleration of full fibre. Thanks for that. Um, I can imagine that being a, a really difficult job for your Marcom's teams at the best of times, really complex matters, really complex products, and describing those in a way that makes sense to customers at the best of times is difficult doing it in an exclusively digital environment, even more so. I particularly liked your uh, your observation there that it was a case of sucking it up and getting on with it. I think that's something that will probably resonate with quite a few people over the last year. Hold any further thoughts if I could ask you, Becky, because I want to bring somebody else onto the podcast now and uh, welcome Katie. Katie Eckersley is Industry Manager at Google, our sponsor for this podcast. Hello, Katie. Hi there, it's lovely to be here. Katie, could you just talk to uh, us about what brought Google and Talk Talk together? Uh, Becky's hinted upon some of the things that you guys have done together, uh, but from your point of view, why did you two get together in the first place? Sure. So just to give a bit of context um, as to what an industry manager actually does. So I work um, and partner with leading telcos like TalkTalk to make sure that firstly, they're getting the most out of the Google ad spend. And secondly, to support them on these broader technology and digital projects, some of which uh, Becky has alluded to there, to help expedite those and make them as best as they can be in that digital space. So I think I've been partnering with TalkTalk for the last two and a half years And the focus in that last year and why we partnered even more closely was, as Becky has given us a great insight into already, supporting them in ensuring that their digital experience was as good as it could be for their customers and also their prospects during a time when the ISPs played such a critical role. So we worked to support TalkTalk on that and to put some strong foundational projects in place to help them build even stronger digital offering to support their customers during that very uncertain period last year. Talk us through that process of uh, of getting some of those foundational pieces in place that helped Talk Talk with their digital progression. So if you can visualise a, a pyramid and the bottom layer of that pyramid is the foundation on which the rest of it is built, we work with Talk Talk uh, to define what those foundational projects should be, of which if you were going to do lots of other projects, they couldn't happen without those things in place. So we landed on three main areas, which were first-party data, privacy, and organization. So starting first with first-party data, I'm sure a lot of people listening will know what that is. But just as a reminder, that's the data that a company collects directly from its customers with their consent, of course. Um, So in TalkTalk's case, this could be the type of package that they have with TalkTalk or the contract length. And that data is important for a number of reasons from a marketing perspective. So firstly, it allowed TalkTalk to proactively target their customers during that time. So if they knew, for example, that their contract was coming to an end and they didn't want to be cut off, so showing them a new offer, showing them what else TalkTalk could offer them was really important during that time. But it also served the purpose of allowing them to negatively target their customers. So why show someone an ad for a product they already have? So how TalkTalk looked at this was to directly integrate their CRM into our Google platforms which immediately gave them a really rich view of all their customers and allowed them to target them in in lots of different ways. That's allowed us to kind of push that on a bit further. And we're working on a really exciting project with TalkTalk around bidding, which is obviously key to how you speak to those customers and how you find them. So we're using uh, TalkTalk's first party data now to to feed and train our algorithm, i.e. the tool which decides who's served an ad in the first place and at what point, to replicate and understand how TalkTalk themselves as a business define what a good customer looks like for them what a profitable customer looks like for them and we're training our algorithm to go and find more people like that and ultimately 
not just get them a sale, but get them a profitable sale that will help their business long term. So talk, talk really ahead of the curve here. And it's, it's a really bespoke thing that we're working with them on. So it just shows you the power of how that first party data can be taken further. Uh, so not only is it important for that reason, but it brings me on to the second point, which is privacy. So consumers are more aware than they've ever been about how their data is being used or stored or processed. And people will probably be aware that across the, the next few months, and in some cases it's happened already, the big browsers will be deprecating third-party cookies. So that's a piece of code that sits on a website, which helps um, brands in this case understand how people are interacting with their website and what they're doing there. So once that's gone, that will leave quite a large gap in a brand's ability to actually measure and track their activity as, as they once did. So first-party data will be the thing that fills that gap. So that's another reason that we've been working really hard with TalkTalk Talk to get that into a good position so it can be as good as it can be for when those changes come in. And then the final point is organisation. So under Becky's leadership, we needed to assemble a team of people from across different parts of the TalkTalk Talk business, as well as their agency partners, to make sure we had the right people on the right projects and to keep them on track. And having them bought in at the very beginning was really important to make sure that we kept momentum behind the projects and to, to make sure that they were ultimately delivered, um, given the pressure of the, the larger environment that we were operating into to make sure customers felt that they were as supported as possible. Thank you for that. The first party data piece is, uh, is, is absolutely key, not in terms of just sales, but uh, in terms of uh, in service of customer uh, and putting the customer at the heart of all operations, as, uh, as Becky discussed earlier. What would be your advice, Katie, to everybody that's listening who is perhaps facing some broadly similar issues that TalkTalk Talk did? How can they overcome some of the organizational barriers that they might be facing, do you think? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it can sometimes seem a bit overwhelming when you look at the task ahead and think, well, how am I going to start to tackle that? So I think um, start small is, is the first thing I would say. So when we first started thinking about that pyramid that I described, we had a small team working on that. So starting to, to play around with what were those priority projects? What were the ones that were going to make the biggest difference? To try and imagine that and try and fill in your own bottom of the pyramid. So what are those foundational projects? Once they're in place, make sure that you've got the right members of the team on that um, and then start to test and experiment. So, for example, with first party data, we did a few tests to you know, look at different ways of bringing that first party data into the platform, making sure we were happy with the choice that we had made, which was the um, CRM system, and then scaling that up and getting more people involved um, as we went on. So making sure it's under control and manageable from the start. And then the second thing I would say is maybe one of the good things about COVID is that because you were all working at home, it kind of democratised the fact that you could work with lots of different people that perhaps before you, you hadn't. So, you know, you might not have physically sat near them before, but this was encouraging you to, to work with lots of different people across the business. So we had people from the marketing team working with the data science team, working with the customer team. Um, really seamlessly across Zoom, as seamless as that can be. And it broke down some barriers. It really meant that we, we got some strong results off the back of it. So hopefully that can be used and, and viewed in a different way when everyone's um, finally back in the office. That final uh, part there about uh, removing silos and removing barriers between departments, I think is absolutely key. And if there is a strong legacy to come out of uh, COVID, it's, uh, it's the work that people and as Baki was describing, uh, people have done with Agile and, and Sprint and getting together with people in service of the customer. That should be the uh, one of the key outcomes. I mean, talking about that, and thank you, Katie, bringing Becky back into the conversation, if I could. We've heard, and indeed, Marks and Week has published a lot of pieces 
about how much change will come as a result of uh, the last year, 15 months, change to consumer behavior and the way that we need to service customers. I mean, Becky, do you expect the changes, particularly in customer behavior that were brought about by COVID-19 to be permanent? And what does it, well, if you accept that some will be, what does this mean for TalkTalk's digital transformation beyond this year? We absolutely always see that improving the customer experience is a key priority for us across the entire business. So we had to really focus on that through COVID-19. But as a business, it's always been something that is at the heart of everything that we do. And I think that that will continue. We should make it as easy as possible for customers to transact with us and to contact us and to communicate with us by ever which channel they prefer. Um, So I think this will continue. Um, But again, the focus on our digital channels and making it easy to to connect with TalkTalk through our digital channels um, should also be as easy as possible. And we're still um, continuously focusing on that um, and making sure that um, we are reassuring our customers on how we will respond and how we are investing in the service that they can expect from us. We still continue to see the significant traffic increases on our network as a result of home working, just people still being at home more. So um, we've made significant improvements across our network to make sure that we can cope with that surge in demand, which hasn't really abated um, through this entire period. So, you know, it's the customer first piece in whatever way that means at that time for our business will continue I think we are incredibly proud I think as a business of how we've responded it hasn't always been easy and I'm sure that many of your listeners will identify with that but as an internet service provider as a key provider of this connectivity that people rely on in a pandemic um, we are incredibly proud of our network capability and our improvements in this area will continue to be something that is a key priority for us, for sure. And there's that expression again, customer first. Uh, I suppose if, um, again, we've learned anything, it's to make sure that everything that uh, you do as a company is in service of your customer as opposed to, well, in service of yourself. So uh, really interesting to hear that. Just talking about customer first, do you have any plans uh, to reopen your call centres if there was continued or, or increased demand as as we come out of uh, the pandemic and, and then its consequences? Uh, yes, and we have reopened in a very COVID-safe way because for us as a business, it was not sustainable for us to be without that channel, which particularly for service and repair is absolutely crucial for customers that cannot um, fix a problem themselves Um, especially with our service where it may require an engineer visit we it was a real priority to as I mentioned earlier you know get our teams on the phones but also then get our trained contact center agents back speaking to our customers so for service and repair we stood those up as quickly as we could in a safe um, way abiding by all the government guidelines and making sure that Um, our colleagues working in those contact centres felt supported and felt secure. We do see it as a a key priority that our customers can speak to us and we know from their feedback 
that they give us regularly that speaking to an agent and, and speaking to somebody to help them is really important. So we have brought that back, but we're continually refining and assessing our procedures and policies to make sure that people feel safe. Looking ahead uh, to the longer term, we often hear about customer experience, particularly online, as the being the great differentiator, the thing that's going to enable brands to really succeed in often very crowded and competitive categories. How does Talk Talk plan to continue differentiating itself from immediate and direct competitors in the telecom space through customer experience? I think um, we have to continue the good work that we're already doing. Um, as I said, con- customer experience is a key priority for us. That is a cornerstone of our brand. It is a cornerstone of our approach as a business. We are the only scale affordable connectivity provider in the UK. You know, we and we pride ourselves on saving Britain a lot of money. And we've been doing that over the entire time we've been in business. I think certainly we're continuously assessing this part of our approach to business. And we know that in the last four years, our customers have saved over £500 on average versus major competitors. And that is really important to our customers moving forward because many people have lost their businesses, they've lost their jobs, people are on furlough. So making sure that we can provide an essential service, a high quality essential service, at an affordable price is key to the brand. It's always been part of our brand DNA and will continue to be part of that as we go forward and connecting our customers with the outside world reliably and affordably, we believe is a right. It isn't a privilege. It is a right that everybody should enjoy. Um, And I think that that's been brought home more than ever before with the last 12 months. And I think it means that we can we have confidence in our approach and, and emphasising that moving forward. Thank you for that. And thank you for talking us through, oh, without sort of slipping into reality TV show parlance too much, your journey over the last uh, 15 months, uh, Becky. It's been really interesting to hear how you transformed and adapted over that period of time and how some of that enforced um, adaptation stick going forward i mean what i'm taking away from our chat is obviously you and indeed everybody was afforded an opportunity if not to start from a blank piece of paper 15 months ago but to uh, to start again and really think about customers and in terms of the way that you structured the culture the mindset the products and services that you offer making sure that they're absolutely as we've discussed a few times at the heart of what everybody does who is in service of customers so thank you for that and explaining your experiences and thank you to katie uh, industry manager at google for uh, your contributions again you have been listening to marketing that matters from marketing week and e-consultancy sponsored by google with me russell parsons this podcast was produced by timo donahue from bauer london creative and edited by Rebecca Sentence. Look out for the next episode when we were talking to Samsung about its switch to direct to consumer. Until next time, goodbye. This podcast is sponsored by Google Search. It's where your customers find what matters to them and where you can find what matters to your business. To learn more, visit g.co slash think slash search smarter. That's g.co slash think slash search smarter.